0: All right, everybody, it's uh, Scoots here. It's, it's tonight's episode. Apparently, according to the to the, the message I got from past Scoots, it's called the Midnight Ball Ball, or the no, 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 not the Midnight Ball Ball, but the uh, it's called the, the Ballpoint, ben, Ballpoint Pen Ball, and. Uh, I don't know, I guess like I was thinking, well, what would that episode be about that's not obvious? And then I realized I haven't done a, a my life with a perm episode in a long time. And uh, I did talk about erasable ink pens, which happened to coincide with uh, my awareness of my hair as a liability as a child or a young adolescent or pre-adolescent. So, and, and uh, that was when... I was using erasable ink pens so I'm wondering if there's a way we could build some bridges uh, from the past uh, to the present into another world where uh I don't know things go well so if you're new it, it it's been years I think since we've done um a uh, my life with a perm episode so I will set this up uh is uh, once upon a time I was a young lad and uh Like other young lads, uh, I had, you you know, I I was born with hair, you know, hair follicles like a lot of people. Now, my hair is very thin and very fine. And when I say thin, I guess, I don't know, because I only have my head of hair. And I don't think it's really appropriate, even with someone. I've never really looked at a lot of people's scalps before, you know, and uh, studied their hair. So honestly, I don't know what people mean when they say thin hair. Like, I wonder. For me, this is so. This is just speculation, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, When I say my hair is thin, I think it's a twofold thing. I think my actual hairs, if you were to measure them, their their diameter is thinner than, uh, like other ones. Like, so you have different podcast or uh, podcasts. Like, you have different pasta sizes, right? Like, I think you got your spaghetti. I don't know. Is linguine flat or is linguine a circle too? But you have a spaghetti and angel hair would be in fettuccine. There's fettuccine lingu I think fettuccine's flat. Uh, linguine. I don't know. But so you have different types of pasta. There's different shapes. I mean, if you had linguine, like a flat hair follicle, that would, you'd probably be famous. Uh, or, you know, that'd be... I'm sure. I wonder if there is, uh, but so um, where was I? Uh, like so, um, so I'm I'm presuming, and this is a presumption that the diameter of my hair much thinner than I don't think many people have angel hair thickness uh hair. See, so see, wow! It, like angel must have a very strong core and you know bone structure to hold up hair that that is the diameter of angel hair pasta. Also, what the heck, who came up with that? I, I mean, I'm sure it was a marketing term, but it's like, no, no, no. First of all, the angels would be like, we don't need you eating our hair. It's just hair. It's for uh, no one, even in heaven, we don't know. The, I, it's to keep our heads warm, I guess, uh, technically, uh, we, and keep the sun off our heads, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we, like, we don't think about it. Angels, we kind of t- we are in such great shape. We don't we take our hair for granted. We don't even think about our hair. Uh, so don't eat. You shouldn't be eating it even symbolically. That is, uh, you know, hum- humans. You're so interesting, really. You named a pot. Pa- you're eating a pasta named after our hair. Do you think about it when you're eating? Not really. You just think, oh, this is thinner than spaghetti. Great. Uh, that's all I think about. Um. So, oh, so oh, what was I talking about? My hair. So my hair, I would assume, is, is, is thinner in that sense. And I think it's probably more spread out, uh, which is probably when people say you have thinning, because when you say you have thinning hair, I think that means the space between the follicles is less uh, like, uh, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to, less dense, your density per square, per square micrometer or whatever. So I think my hair follicles are probably more spread out than someone that has a more robust head of hair. And so I don't know, like, because you can even see it when your hair gets buzzed. When my hair gets buzzed, you can see a lot of scalp. But other people, I think, uh, and I don't know if that's the density, both uh, the distribution of follicles or the diameter of the hair the follicle produces. uh, But for me, both of those are on the thin side, always have been. So that's one part of my hair that that's important is it's thin or fine. I guess, oh, you say your hair is fine. So I guess that's another way of saying. Uh, when they say fine, though, that means your strands are uh, of low, like a lower diameter. Now, the good thing about that is my hair is very soft. Uh, I mean, I don't mind saying it's uh, it's soft. It's also my hair is incredibly straight. Now people will look at my hair today and say it looks like it has some bends to it, but it, it uh it's mostly either product that's moving my hair, you know holding my hair or uh, natural uh, greases uh, if you're, if my hair looks like it's falling in place. Now I do wonder about my part, but let's stick with my hair my actual physical properties of my hair. And if you say, like, give me a way to describe it. I'd say, like, you some people hear you hear hair described, like, corn silk. And I would say, like, idealized corn silk. Because when you get down to corn silk, you're like, what the heck is this stuff? Uh, like, just like angel hair pasta. Like, when you're actually dealing with corn silk, you're like, this is not something. But, but like, uh, you know what I mean. So my hair was always, it just, and it just fell like it. Oh, it also grows. Like I've been told it grows in the wrong direction. Like, and I think somebody tried to describe it to me. Like most people's hair follicles are pointed maybe backwards. My hair follicles are maybe pointed a little bit more forwards. This could be speculation as well. Uh, but you know, let's let's speculate, you know, why not? Uh, so those are a couple pieces of information about my hair and, uh, and then I don't believe I have a natural part because even now, like, the, like I've been getting my hair, uh, cut, uh, or, you know, glamor, whatever, by since I grew it out, uh, as a part of the, um, past couple of years, um, the, uh. The, the the woman that does my hair beyond the ponytail. If you want to check, check Angela, uh, check, check her out on Twitter. Uh, she she does part my hair in a certain way and then cut my hair. So I don't know, like, uh, and I don't even know. I don't know if I. I mean, I guess because of my own experience, I say, is there really a natural part in people's hair or not? And I, I mean, I'd like to get on someone like an anthropologist or, you know, to say, oh, like really, like uh, our hair. I mean, I, maybe there is an, They said, well, you can see, but if you didn't cut your hair or your bangs and you had a natural part, it'd be easier to see stuff. Uh, and I say, okay, I could buy that for right now. So those are a couple things about my hair. Like that's a little bit of a hair background. So, th- so what that means is that. Now as a child you get you you get the hair you you, you get you, like, I guess a part of me just said you get the hair you deserve and I say oh boy thanks for no, thanks a lot and that's what the angel you get the angel hair you deserve or the, not the angel hair and I said well maybe that's true maybe it led me I mean I guess that's what these are all about you get the hair you need to become who you're going to be or whatever and that road does not all, it has its bumps and uh you know yeah so it's not always easy so but so um uh okay so my hair though my hair cuts before as a child we'll just run through them for your own entertainment so i mostly had a bowl cut or like some sort of bangs i wouldn't say a bowl cut because uh like uh, the bowl cut is not, it's more of like a two bowl cut because, uh, your bangs were one layer trimmed one way. And then the back of your hair was trimmed another though. There were times I had a bowl cut, but most of the time it was like a two layer, like a two way thing. And so, um, uh, it, you know, most of your childhood, you don't really care, right? Like, uh. Your hair is just your hair. I mean, maybe some people do or maybe it's part of your family value system and that's fine. And if you have good hair or you come from a hair family with high hair value and you have good hair or you're taught how to groom it, maybe that's like part becomes part of your I mean, maybe in a positive way it becomes part of your identity. For me initially it wasn't really part of my identity. I just didn't think about it very much uh and I guess this goes back to the thinness. Is again when my hair is just lying flat against my scalp, uh, there's not much of a protective layer there. Like literally, it's like uh, like like having just wearing a piece of paper. Where you know, so you see, some people have a lot thicker hair. Like the the idea that my hair is providing warmth. I mean, I guess it is does provide some reflectivity. So so that was my haircut for most of my childhood until, and even into, um, up until at least sixth grade, I, did, I had no hair awareness. My hair awareness was zero. Uh, and I don't know the first time, I don't think, that. like, I think in like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and this might be a little strong for some people, though, the things that kids point out, like, they don't start pointing out your hair until... Uh, pre, 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 pre you know, pre, like till your adolescence, right? That uh, they they have other things like your clothes. There's other more. I had more obvious things uh, other than my hair that it weren't necessarily going for me. But then, like around fifth or sixth grade, like I was behind the times, right? Because I was just uh aloof and. Like it just, but some of my friends, you know, they started to get into pairings or, you know, imaginary pairings or, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, hand holding and that kind of stuff. And then, but then you go into seventh and eighth grade and everybody's, uh, growing up at a different speed. Right. And that causes some ruckus, uh, And it causes a realignment of values. And even in there, I'd have to look at pictures of myself. I don't think I really cared about my hair even in, at least in seventh grade. Now, at that point, it did become a hurdle. And I'll have to try to figure out what I looked like back then. Uh, But my hair was still thin and fine. And, you know, but again, I had other things not going for me. But that was, like, the high point of my life. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Seventh grade, and this is going to sound like I'm being ironic or uh, self-deprecating, but it's the truth. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me um, was that we had tracking in our school, right? Uh, and so the, the school I went to had five seventh grades, 7-1, uh, seven 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 and 7-5. And seven one was for the kids the, however they decided it uh, they the, the, and they didn't have this wasn't to assist us uh, because they didn't have like I think they had some basic assistance for people with learning differences but this wasn't like how it is today like where it's like okay these are the kids we're gonna focus on some uh, their learning differences and help them. This was more like give us everyone. And they had one other group that was like, like, also like uh, challenging, but that's going to be challenging for the te- for classroom management. Uh, and they said, whatever is going to cause, you know, there's different ways you're going to disrupt the classroom. Let's gather all those kids in one place. And honestly, I mean, I don't think the 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 higher set the higher you got in the sevens, their expectation for your success was much higher. I mean, that's just the truth. And that seven five was like the advanced kids, and seven one was the exact contrast to that. But that was like, if I look back and you say, what was the happiest you were in your life, uh, where there was like a balance of um like where you were being yourself and you weren't overthinking it. Uh, you had the freedom to be yourself and you hadn't had the, like, uh, you know, and I mean, I think it was because I was pre-adolescent. I was behind the, 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 you know, I was lower on the curve. So my evolution hadn't kicked in. So um, so I was so happy because I was among people I could relate to, really, like uh, people that had uh, trouble with authority figures and maybe they couldn't, they had their troubles manifested in different ways. And people that were at my level, and for the most part, the teachers really did did well. It wasn't like, uh, I have a lot of memories of, te- like, like, uh, like so, so it was like, I don't know. Like, I was just so happy. I was socially, like, I felt like so comfortable. So it was like this amazing time in seventh grade and eighth grade. And I don't know, but at some point between eighth grade and tenth grade, my hair became what I would describe as a problem. Now, that was because at seventh grade, I still had what is that called? Like, not innocence, but I still wasn't overly consumed with my attraction to, to, to like, or my image and how it related to me being attractive to, to, to girls I was attracted to. And kind of obsessing about that, right? And, uh, but at some point between eighth grade, you know, between eighth and tenth grade, that like slowly dawned on me that one of the pro, like, and, and again, I was actually incorrect, uh, in some sense, but one I assumed that one of the things I under my control that was affecting this was my hair. And, a lot of my friends had good hair. That's one of the things I always talk about on this My Life with the Perm thing is that my friends had good hair. And so I took it under my—and we all got our hair cut at the same place. And I would try different haircuts, parting it in the middle, greasing it. At one point, um, I guess it looked like Marty McFly because it was like a close, close cut and then long and then whatever. And then some some classmates tried to help me, and they said, "Hey, do, like go, like just let your hair flow." And 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 now that's where I'm at. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. And that never worked out. And then I I guess then I grew really long bangs, like to my chin, and I would wear a hat or whatever. Like uh, I just had that super long bang look. But very unstyled and and like, uh, but not in a way of like total confidence. Like I was hiding behind my bangs uh, and it was like a way of saying I don't care about my hair instead of loving it. And then um, at some point in adulthood, again, I still had the same problem Um, and it's supposed to be, I never had like a business job, but, you know, I had jobs I had to go to. And at some point, like in my maybe my 20s or 30s, I was like, oh, let me just buzz my hair. Then I don't have to think about it at all. And I guess that became like, it was like, okay, that's just how it's going to be now. It's like, bu- I'm going to be a buzz cut guy. And then what happened during 2020, like I said, oh, I'll just grow my hair out anyway. And then I had the idea, oh, maybe we could raise money for 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 a nonprofit, if I get grow my hair out and get a perm, but people didn't it's hard to c- get people that listen they're falling asleep to a podcast to do stuff, so we couldn't even couldn't really get anybody involved with that. And so that didn't work, but I kept growing my hair out and then I realized, huh, like uh if if like I, like it went through a very strange phase, but then I said, oh wait, I like kind of having hair and then I found someone that's uh very capable. And she actually took the time to kind of get to know what she was working with and the best way to approach it. And so then it's like, OK, now at this point, I'm like, I'm fine with my hair. Like and it's like people and I say, OK, sometimes it looks a little bit like uh, 70s or whatever, but I'm like, whatever. So all that said, that's kind of sets up this idea of my life with a perm, which we'll jump to. So, uh, so my hair was uh, dissatisfactory. And, and it, and it, and, but, so, I always wonder if there's, you know, and now, you know, again, these how the purveyors of, uh, univ- you know, different universes. Now, we've had this particular year, or I guess over a year, not a calendar year, we've had uh, a great, a really good TV show about multiverses. We had a great independent movie or I guess I'm saying it's independent uh, but uh, uh everything everywhere all once uh about uh different universes and uh probably different well yeah then uh different movies with multi you know multiverses whatever it is so we've had a lot of this uh pervade to us in different ways or yeah but for me, like this was pretty, you know. I, I said, Is there a universe where I have good hair and am I living? And I mean, obviously, I say, Of course, but I say, Okay, could I access that world, please? Uh, and I said, Don't judge that version of yourselves outside by your insides. Uh, they never, they, that's what they always say. They don't show that in the Marvel movies or the you know. Uh, I don't know if maybe if anyone could have that conversation, it would be Michelle Yeoh to say, "Okay, don't judge, uh, because that's kind of what she was going through. Right. Her. Right. Is that in that? I mean, part of it. So but so, yeah. And and the reason I ask that is is just like we're splitting hairs now. They say who say, oh, boy, the great uh, creators of uh, multiverse fiction, that's who they is. But in this, they say, okay, when a decision is made, that's when the universe is split. I think that's explained multiple times in multiple different ways. And so in my life, that did happen, really. This isn't fiction. When Frank Z., who cut my friend's hair, and again, this was with some of my friends that already hit puberty. I had not, uh, some of them had a self-confidence or like a... Uh, you know the, the the attractiveness that I did not have, and I was always judging their you know my insides by it. their outsides too, but they all got or one of my friends got their hair with this guy Frank Z. Then we all started getting our hair cut there, and we'd only go to Frank Z. So the poor other every once in a while I would I would be afraid, and I would just go with another barber. And my friends, uh, you know, afterwards we do. They say the reason your hair looks like that is because you didn't get it from Frank. Uh, You got to wait and 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 be patient uh, and say no. So it was an opportunity. That was an opportunity for me to learn a boundary. And be like, there's a reason that guy is four chairs down from Frank. Uh, And they'd say, because, uh, but whatever. Uh, So eventually I would wait for Frank. Now Frank had, uh, I, I believe, at the time, a perm. And, uh, and that, that just sticks out to me in my memory. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not, on perms on, on dudes, uh, like they've gone in and out of fashion and I don't, but I, I don't know. Like I'd be hard pressed to say who wore it, who wore it well. I'm sure there are people and that'd be cool to point out to me like, uh, who wore a perm well, like, and not just natural curly hair, I'm talking about fake natural curly hair. Because I could tell you, I have some cousins that had curly, naturally very curly hair, and they wore it well, like uh, uh, Matt and Miles, and and still, uh, like, uh, what was my point? Okay, so one time I was getting my haircut from Frank, and after Frank started cutting my hair, one of his things was that I had so many cow licks uh, and he loathed my cow licks. Uh, and I think, I guess a cow lick is that the cow's saliva is so uh, non-viscous that if a cow was to lick your head, your hair would stand up. as if a cow licked me at all, all my hair would stand up. First off, like, why is a cow, so, why is a cow licking me? Why is a cow so close? Why is the cow licking my head? My hair gonna stand up. Uh, I mean maybe even stands up because it tick. I mean I would presume it would tickle Like even if it was if it was a surprise my hair would stand up. If it was some sort of strange like unexpected thing it would or if it was like, hey, come over uh, meet birdie she's uh, she's gonna lick you. She's the cow that licks people. she loves it. It's good for her too. So she keeps her salt up, uh, so don't worry about it. She's going to, oh, boy, there she goes. Like, my hair would still stand up because i say, oh, boy, I, I would giggle like the Pillsbury Dough person. So, oh, okay, so so Frank, he loathed my uh, cowlicks. And then one day he proposed to me, and I was there with all my friends. Uh, and I don't know how we decided the order. I was definitely not, I did not go first, I can tell you that. Unless it seemed like Frank was having a bad day or something. So, um, what? It, so okay, what, what happened? Um, so one time Frank was cutting my hair, complaining about my cowlicks. He said, listen, the next time you come in, I want you to grow your hair out uh, even longer. And then we we'll give you a nice perm like mine. And we'll put a little curl in your hair. And I even looked at him like, this is the most, this is, and he goes, so trust me. Now, he was trying to be, I think, in the end, I think he may have been misguided, but that's why I have to explore this universe stuff. Uh, but he said, hey, if I could cut your hair, if I could, uh, like, uh, if I perm your hair, you're like, like it'll be give a little bit of curl. We won't have these cowlicks. It'll be really nice. Trust me, like me. But his hair was different. His hair... He didn't have the same hair I had or the same face, you know. I mean, I would say for—well, for I can't say he wore it well. He wore the perm the best he could, and it fit his character. But he was very encouraging. And I don't know if my friends heard it or if they said anything or I said anything to them, but I probably kept it to myself. But I can remember later being in the bathroom in the basement of our house, looking in the mirror— And looking at my hair, and again, it had it was impacting my self image. And again, in a different world, someone would have said, "Hey, don't worry, you know." But again, you got to go. This is like adolescence, you know. It's part of adolescence. If it's not your hair, it's going to be something else. It's part of your journey. Maybe because someone could have said that, I wouldn't have believed him at the time, or maybe somebody did say, "Hey, yeah, you don't like your hair. It it doesn't." It, you feel like it impacts your attractiveness and your self confidence, and maybe it does, and that's tough. It's part of being an adolescent. Don't worry. After you've lived like a, many, many decades, you'll be comfortable with your hair. But it'll take a you know, it'll take a lot. Uh, so maybe one, maybe you, you're, maybe you became comfortable with something else before you were comfortable with your hair. So I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking about what Frank said. And also I was afraid of this boundaries thing of just saying no. So I was like, hopefully he'll forget about it. But I said, maybe he's right. Uh, What would it be like? And some part of me, some wiser part of me in that universe, I thought said, don't do it, man. Like, you are not Frank. Like, picture his hair on you in the mirror. And I pictured it and I said, okay, like I have a pretty high forehead. My hair is thin I think, you know, some of my facial features are large, you know. And so I said, oh, you're right. Like, uh, his hair on you, you're not, like, just just picture his hair on you. It doesn't work. Uh, Don't do it. But I do wonder if there's a world where I did it and it went well. Like, what would that be like, you know? Did it So that's my life with a perm. And I think about ballpoint pens, right? And this idea, this was at the same time. Uh, the, the, so at some point, they came up with these pens called erasable ink pens, or, or I think that's what they were called. And they kind of came out of nowhere, at least in my mind. And, and I, it was like uh, I was still in grammar elementary school or primary school, depending where you how, what are you what do you call it? When these pens came out, and at some point, like the nuns in our school let us go from using pencils to pens, and we'd use pencils for math and pens for other stuff. And anybody that listens to this podcast knows, um, or maybe you don't know, like uh, when I have learning, like like I have dyslexia, I have not, like I'm not taking tests for other things, but maybe, I, like who knows, I learn differently than a lot of other people. Uh, and that's okay. I also am left handed, and then I also, some, some, um, some that also impact my ability to write with good penmanship physically. So, like, uh, so, so, so physically, my, not only my left handed, but physically, my penmanship is affected by something. And so, I had all that going for me in an age of Catholicism where penmanship was, like, honestly, we talk about confusion or stuff, and I think it was more not just in Catholicism or Catholic school, but that somehow penmanship was considered, uh, was equated with intelligence and, you know, conscientiousness and goodness in in some sense. Even though it was, you'd say, well, that was like not, that should have stopped in the, like, 20 years before you're taught. And I say, I know. But there's there's holdouts. But also, like, because I wasn't a good student, I made a lot of errors. Right. Uh, And I had a lot of challenges with school. So this these invisible erasable ink pens were presented as a panacea of for people like me to be like, okay, you're supposed to be writing in pen. Yeah. Now you can fix your mistakes uh, even when you write in pen. And this was one of those ones that, uh, and maybe it was just because of right-handers, but I can't imagine that right-handers, and again, I know Rusty Biscuit's going to look up some great articles about this, but I can't imagine that it was just left-handers that were impacted by what I could say was a scam, like uh, this erasable ink was just ink that didn't dry, that you could erase it and and whatever. The eraser just absorbed the ink. Uh, And maybe that's what an eraser does with a pencil on it. I think so. But a pencil's like dust. Uh, So it picks up the dust and and rolls it up in the eraser, whatever, and flakes off. First of all, whoever invented erasers, holy mackerel, you're brilliant. But so the idea of the pen was that it was was just like a pencil, but it was pen, so it's permanent. And me, I don't think this thing ever dried uh, like uh, properly that you could erase it at any point. But because you know, for most left-handers are palm for whatever reason, or at least for me, when I'm writing, my entire uh, side of my the heel of my hand or the palm, yeah, the side of my hand is on the is on the table or on the paper. And then I write from left to right across a page. So my, like it would constantly, my my hand would be covered in ink. There'd be fingerprints or palm prints of ink everywhere and the ink would be smudged. But it was like a trade-off. I mean, I think they flooded the market with these pens too. Or maybe it was just a pen preference at my family because you had to bring your own pens to school I'll have to ask my dad about it, but, um, cause I'm pretty sure I can see him having a lot of like, uh, but, uh, huh, that's interesting. So maybe it was just me again, I'm making it about the world, but maybe it was just me, but so my stuff went from looking poor. I had poor penmanship and poor neatness to like looking way, 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 way worse, uh, but the option of erasing it, or maybe it was just the pens that I had uh, access to. Um, and again, this wasn't because of deprivation. Like, I, if, if I was supposed to ask for pens, there's the last thing in the world I would do. I'd just find pens. So that's the situation we find ourselves in with straight-haired Andy. But, like, if we go and we close our eyes and we look at the... Um, we look at the uh, world again. Things get fuzzy. There I am writing at my desk. Uh, shoulders slumped. A uh, hand. The scent of wet ink. Uh, my paper smeared with ink and uh, frustrations. Uh, but then there's a twinkle in the air as we transver- transverse uh, planes into another world where my hair has a round curl like a gold lock in locks streaming off my skull. And maybe this is in this world. It's just my first or second attempt with these pans. Uh, and old sister Sternchin comes by and she says, you know, she makes she says you know, well, that's going to be another thing on your penmanship. Uh, and what's going on? I say, oh, sister, I was trying out these new pens. Uh, have you heard about them? Erasable ink, uh, er- er- erasable, newfangled pens. She says, uh, you wouldn't have to erase it if you did it right the first time. And I'd say, yeah, sister. Uh, well, you might you're like. Uh, you're right about that, but uh, I didn't even realize that's a pun, huh, sister? And she says, "Well, let's look at this." And I say, "Okay, you're right." Uh, say, sister, could, could you smell the ink? Uh, smells different than the other inks you know we're used to. And then she she sister goes on a soliloquy about uh, feathers and ink 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 jugs. And I say, "Well, I definitely wouldn't have made it back. That would have been a lot worse, huh, sister?" If I got a fountain pen for Christmas once, I think I ruined uh, a year's worth of clothes. I didn't even use it. Uh, I just wanted one. Like, I'm no calligraphist. I'll never be one. But don't you get some sort of powder or something to sprinkle on that? This one, you don't have any of that, uh, and we don't need it. And I say, I'm sorry, sister. It's clear that this ink in this pen is making my schoolwork more messy than it needs to be while having the option to uh, erase the ink is appealing to most people and is very marketable and also sister oh by the way like uh yes like uh, i'm tempted to put this in you know you know i put a lot of things in my mouth uh especially erasers and uh this and test out their mouth feel and um These erasers do have an interesting mouthfeel. So um, I don't know what that has to do with anything, sister, but that's also on my mind. And I'm more impressed with the eraser than the ink. But I found a couple things, sister, in my brief observations. The eraser does not really erase regular ink. uh, And unlike a pencil, there is like a grittiness to this eraser that's different than a pencil eraser. Let me just show you here, sister. If I try to erase the erasable ink with a pencil eraser, it smears and it smudges even worse. And, like, there's something in the pencil eraser that can't quite get a, um, can't quite get the friction it needs to, to take care of the ink. So this has some sort of grit in it, especially because I've chewed—I'll be honest, sister— I've chewed up a couple of these erasers on these erasable ink pens. I know. I know, sister. But uh it's, a, it's, it's clear to me that uh, the, they have a grit in there, and the grit is something that helps uh, erase the ink. No, I ha- sister great question. I have not tried to erase any pencil with these erasers. But I have one more point, sister, that I learn I'm going to learn in the future, but I'm you know believe it or not, sister, I'm traveling I'm a time traveler, and I travel I've traveled to this time to put a stop to this erasable ink thing or to put make some changes. And I know you're aghast because you think I'm just trying to get out of this math assignment. But it's not a math assignment, sister. This is some sort of other assignment, the math assignment later, while well, will be using a pencil. I forgot my point, though, sister. Something about uh, erasable ink, chewing on the erasers. Sister, I totally forgot what I was talking about, uh... I was about to make a big point about something, and a, a ballpoint, uh, but now I forgot where I was going. But it was uh, that this uh, this can't stand. Oh, what I was going to say is in the future, I will actually attempt uh, to uh, test out my race blank eraser on my report card. And I know this wouldn't let you slip by, you sister, but one of the uh, teachers that's not a nun ends up using erasable ink on the report cards. In a normal student, sister, they just look at their grades and they accept their grades and they don't look at the ink and analyze the ink uh, because they're a regular kid. But to me at the time, it already, you know, this is two years from today, sister. They're still using erasable ink in two years in the future. And I was able to analyze the fact, just with mere sight and smell, that that was erasable ink. Uh, And I said to myself, that is, uh, I don't know if this is what irony is, uh, but it is delicious. The fact that my report card is made in erasable ink, it's so delicious. Even though this is a decent grade, I believe it was a B, sister, I decided to erase my grade uh, to see... If it was truly erasable ink, and it came to my attention, lo and behold, sister, that uh, it was erasable ink, and it came to another classmate's attention who brought it to the teacher's attention, which would, you know, not go well for me, but uh, it was just an experiment. And, uh, like, I want to put a stop to that future, too. I mean, maybe, I'll, you know, maybe I'll, I won't be able to make a sleep. You know, in the future, sister, I have—in str- another world where I don't have a perm to comfort me and to give me this confidence to talk to you using words and being comfortable and saying, hey, I, I don't like this. Uh, in another world, I'm not like—you know, I don't have all these tools. And so— yeah, I could, like, luckily we're in our universe, sister, and not in that universe. We're just visiting this one. But I'm actually visiting, so maybe I'm being, am I just, sister, do you know if I'm disrupting this universe by telling you? Uh, but wouldn't you like to work with me together to, oh, sister, there's a knock. Oh, sister, it's a business person. Hello, you have a briefcase and a suit on. What are you, from Big Pen? You, yeah, okay. I, sister, we have to go with them. Uh, Okay, they're taking us uh, somewhere. Okay, we're, sister, we're getting in a uh, van. This is uh, Sister Sternface, I call her, and uh, Old Furrow Brow. You know, two of those furrows are mine. Out of the, I'm just kidding, sister. You don't really have more than ten furrows, uh, two of which are mine. Thank you, everybody. So where are we headed, Oh, uh, to uh the, oh, okay. Oh, this is—we're seeing all of the pen—oh, oh, wow. So you really do have a big industry here making— Oh, so you want to tell me about—this is a tour of the uh, pen production. It's a booming business. Uh, and, oh, there was some lean years before this. Okay, so you're telling me that the invention— Of erasable ink in quote quotes, by the way, is uh, is 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 necessary to the economy of this area, and that I should be thankful, and I shouldn't stir up trouble. Uh, Let me just let me just touch this curl here. Do you see? Did my curl just make a springing sound? Yeah, yeah, it it does. Let me tell you let me let me tell you a little thing, uh about uh, this erasable ink. Uh let's let's sit down. Is this your board? Oh yeah, and your supervisor. Yeah, okay, great. Everybody have a seat here. I'm gonna stand here on your conference table. And uh I'm here on behalf of myself, left handers everywhere. And general consumers, listen, we all know that this ink doesn't really like that uh they had maybe had good intentions. Maybe this was an accidental discovery. I have no idea. And I'd love to know, but not right now because I'm trying to make a speech here, like which came first, the eraser or the ink. Uh, and I would love to know the branding meetings to make it a gray eraser because I really appreciate it. There's So there's a lot of things about your pen I appreciate. Uh, do I prefer chewing on a—, a ra- Like, here's, here's one of the things I appreciate. I got to tell you, whoever decided to make the eraser, eraser easy to get out of the pen cap uh, it really saved my de- dentist a lot of tears because those pencils, they got metal around them. So if you want to chew on a pencil eraser, you're really putting a lot at risk. Where this one, I can just get it out and chew it like gum. Not that I should or that it, that this is total fiction. So if you're listening— And, you know, it it gives me something to play with. Believe it or not, I've used your eraser as a toy during class. Sorry, sister, but I have. uh, And as an entertainment object, an object of speculation, a space capsule, uh, many different things. Uh, So I appreciate Those are things I love about your pen. And one day in the future, I'll speculate and fantasize that the back of my head is a ballpoint uh, from a ballpoint pen. But here's the thing. This can't go on. Like, like in our our world, like, this is not going to end well. People are going to, um, I don't know what took, people, took the marketplace so long to reject your pens. And maybe it became a niche product. And But think about the money you've invested in this, uh, because I know you're about to do all those expansions you told me about on the tour. Let's agree not to do that, uh. And, uh, what we'll do instead is I'll help you, uh, like, here's the thing, you probably have two companies, right? Uh, this erasable ink company in brand, and then maybe you have another brand. If not, there's a free idea to separate the two products, right? Then what you're going to do is you're going to say, have a ball with a ballpoint, uh, And you'll put on, you'll start sponsoring balls uh, and uh, ball gowns, like uh, not ball gowns, but yeah, let's do a ball gown scholarship. Every city, you give away a couple ball gowns. You'll sponsor uh, senior balls at high schools, uh, maybe some other kind of social balls. And you'll say, have a ball with a ballpoint. Uh, And your commercials will show the joy of using a ballpoint pen The ballpoint pen ball. Maybe even have that once you're here where we are, which feels somewhere like Scranton or Syracuse, uh, maybe Binghamton. I don't know, but uh, have a ball with ballpoints here. Come on down, have a ball with the ballpoint. Maybe even make it, maybe it's every day. Instead of your tour, make it a ball. Uh, There you even say I, and maybe you get some celebrities, left-handed celebrities. Not Ned, One day there'll be a left-handed celebrity named Ned Flanders, but uh, not not yet. But coming very soon, actually. Um, and and that's how you'll fix things. You'll actually use your ballpoint pens with real permanent ink that works, uh Against these, and you'll what you'll do is you'll halt your you'll, you won't stop production. This will be a niche product, and you could charge more for it uh, instead of going and trying to replace the pens that we're already using. We'll do that, uh, okay? And that's how, and you could see if you're if you feel uncomfortable, all of you can sh- touch my curls. Uh, I'll crawl around on this table. It's very strange. Yes, I know. But it's, this, is, uh, this is how I'm going to save your business uh, and save myself for, from two to five more years of having to use the ink that doesn't actually dry. But not eliminate it uh, at all. So why don't you all lie down and, and then just rest. Uh, put your heads down on your desk, on this desk conference table. Go ahead and smell the conference table. Feel feel your breath against it nice and warm. And uh, feel it coming in, getting comfortable. Closing your eyes, that desk smell. And uh, get some rest and go to sleep. Good night.